after shellacking the sports books last weekend. This week, we're going to talk about the Chiefs and 49ers in Super Bowl 58 and the spread and total. Next week, we'll talk about props and other fun things that come up about this Super Bowl. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. It is great to be back with all of you once again, and all my loyal followers and listeners, I sure as hell appreciate you every single week tuning in and looking forward to this podcast that's always very humbling to get messages, you know, DMs from all of you about enjoying the podcast, enjoying the digestible nature of it. I always try to do everything, whether I'm writing or on a podcast or on a show, I always try to do it in a digestible, comprehensible way, because I know that the betting public is not thinking like these sharps or these guys who call themselves sharps and talk over everyone's head, right? It's not helping anybody, but we're here. We're a pro sports better. My name is Chris R. Farley at Farley Bets on Twitter is where you can follow me and where most of my content is. You can also watch me on the BetUS NBA show twice a week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time. And you can catch all of my free picks at sportswagers.ca. And if I were you, I would go to sportswagers.ca every day because yours truly is on quite the heater. Seven straight NBA free picks we have won, and we are 12-2 and two for over 23 units in our last 14 free picks overall at sportswagers.ca. And that includes nailing the Chiefs' money line and the Lions' plus seven last weekend for over five units in free picks for our loyal audience of sportswagers.ca. So keep on checking in, staying up to date on sports wagers, and welcome everybody again to Laying the Points with Farley Betts, where we will talk about the Super Bowl from an ATS perspective, that is the traditional bets, right? Derivative bets, prop bets, that will come next weekend, or, or I'm sorry, on next week's podcast. Let's just talk about the spread and the total. So this will probably be a shorter podcast because we're just talking about one game, right? But there's a lot to say about this game, and I have a lot to say about this game. First of all, let's talk about the Sharps, okay? In, in, in quotation marks, the Sharp betting community. What does that mean, right? Because we saw that the Sharps, which I'm going to touch on in a second, moved this line from KC plus three and a half it came out at plus three and a half or plus three, depending on the book. And they moved it all the way down to plus one in Kansas City, right? We saw line movement right away, buying back in the Chiefs. Now it's back up to two. So some sharps buying back on the 49ers that moved that line back. Now, what do I mean by sharps? 
That's a good question, right? Because I think we assume when we talk in these sports betting podcasts that everybody knows what the hell a sharp is and what it means. The truth is nobody knows what the hell a sharp is, okay? Like no one's going to come out and say, I'm a sharp. But when we refer to the sharps, we are referring to folks that are able to move these lines, right? So it's either a singular person or it's a syndicate, a group of people. And they're usually notorious as really good bettors. Like the sports books know that they're really sharp or that they are historically really good at winning bets, probably hitting above 55% or so. So, and not only that, but they typically put down a ton of money on whatever side they're betting on, right? So maybe something like a $50,000 bet moved the Chiefs from one to two. Maybe it takes more than that. I'm not going to pretend to know the exacts of what it takes. Okay, I never worked on the other side. But when when we refer to sharps, that's what we mean. The people, and it's usually a group of people called a syndicate, the group of people that are able to move lines because that's how much influence they have. So in other words, if a million public bettors walked into her sports book and all put down $25 on the 49ers, I'm not sure if it's going to move that line. In fact, from everything uh, professionals in the industry tell me, it's probably not going to. Now, I don't know that for sure, but in general, the best bettors or syndicates are the ones that move the line. Next part of what I want to say is something that a lot of people are not going to say to you, and that is, I don't give a fuck what the Sharps think in the playoffs, and I especially don't give a shit what they think in this game in the Super Bowl, and here's why. From everything that I can gather, from everyone I've listened to and read over the years, and it's been many years, I've been a professional sports better for four years now, and I've been betting for way over 10 years. And what I can tell you is that typically, from what I've noticed anyway, and it's kind of, you know, I haven't measured it that proficiently, okay? It's anecdotal, sort of. I, I have some data. But line movement. Does it matter? Should you always pay attention to it? Yes. But I don't think the Sharps do a very good job at finding the right number for matchups like this. And when I say matchups like this, I usually mean in the playoffs. Now, it can have playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. I think I do that every episode. The playoffs. Um, when I mean games like this, I mean not just the playoffs, but I mean the more qualitative factors that go into a game, the intangibles that go into a game. That's what they're not very good at, from what I can gather, because you know they're they're very data heavy, as is everybody now, right? These syndicates probably have tremendous technology that churns out models and data for them to arrive at the numbers that they think a game should be, right? And that's why they bet it because the sports books have it at a different number than what they have 
they see value. They see a perceived edge. It's not a real edge. There's no such thing as a real edge before a game starts, folks, because nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. Okay. Afterwards, you can call it an edge, not beforehand, but their perceived edge gives them a different number than what the sports books put out. So they bet against it or they bet the other side. And I'm telling you that even though they're very good at foundational numbers, like throughout the NBA season, throughout the NFL season, throughout the MLB season, all these sports, if they're a, a sharp syndicate who's betting a ton of money, odds are <laughs> like 99%, 99.99%, they have fantastic models and data systems to arrive at these normative routine numbers throughout the season, right? About who these teams are on average. But when you mix in stuff that you cannot quantify, that's really hard to, you know, like put a number next to it as far as what this means for this game. That's where they're just like the rest of us, right? Like they don't know. They don't know how much that's going to have an effect. I think this is where I'm really good. And the proof is in the data. Because in general, I like to capitalize on situational opportunities. And I like to capitalize on differences in intangibles. And that's not something I can do very often in the regular season. Now, if it's Bengals Chiefs at Arrowhead, maybe I can do it, right? Because that's turning into a rivalry. Uh, Joe Burrow kind of owns Mahomes. It's like a mental thing, right? But typically, regular season games don't warrant the same sort of uh, perspective and approach. But in the playoffs, intangibles are what matters most. That's my opinion. And it served me very well. Now, the final part of what I'm going to say here. Nobody in the world could convince me. God herself, himself. If God is God, going back to my theological roots, if God is God, God ain't a he or a she, folks. God is transcendent above all things. But anyway, like don't get so fucking mixed up on that kind of language, okay? But anyway, God could not convince me that the 49ers are going to win this game. Here's why. Because just like I said, for the NFC Championship game, which is why I took the Lions plus seven. I also took the Lions money line. And I think if you're watching that game clearly, you are seeing that the 49ers were fortunate to win that game. Now, did they do everything right offensively in the second half? Yes. Brock Purdy, a lot of credit. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they played with a lot of intensity and poise in the second half. But in order to be afforded that opportunity to win that game, they had to capitalize on about 10 Lions mistakes, multiple drop passes at crucial times on third and fourth down conversions that, you know, the they turn the ball over, uh, a ball that bounces in the air to Brandon Ayuk for a 40 or 50-yard pass right into his hands, could have been intercepted, probably should have been, a fumble by Jameer Gibbs right after the 49ers score so they can score again just 25 yards away from the end zone. All the momentum, everything just switched. And momentum is obviously a thing, right? Like I don't know what the argument is about the other side that it doesn't exist. It's literally a, a, a scientific observation 
that we see when people are starting to do better at something, their ability rises. Like that's, that's an obvious thing that we all see in human nature all the time. And that's what happened. Momentum took over. Okay. However, the way the 49ers have started some of these games against the Packers, they kind of got outplayed that entire game. If you watch it against the Lions, they got outplayed in probably two and a half out of four quarters. But that San Francisco defense could not stop Jared Goff, could not stop the Lions run game. Now, the Lions run game slowed down in the second half because it had to because they were playing catch up because, again, the momentum switch, right? All of a sudden, the 49ers just rampaging through that line, feeling more confident. But 24 to 7 Lions at the end of the half, Brock Purdy looking shook. Again, air mailing passes, throwing an interception. I know his hand got hit. That was a bad place to throw the ball, folks. Doesn't matter if his hand gets hit or not. The 49ers, it doesn't matter how many veterans they have, they are led by a 24-year-old quarterback. And I like Brock Purdy a lot. This is not a, you know, this is not me hating on Brock Purdy. But you got to understand the position he's in at 24 years old to go to the Super Bowl is going to be a high pressure situation. And it is he is going to feel it at 24 years old. You can't, he can't help but feel it. His brain is not fully matured, folks. Like these are facts. His frontal lobe is not fully matured. Okay. So while you might have some outliers, like a young Ben Roethlisberger or a young Tom Brady or a young Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl finding success, you might have outliers out there. But to assume that Brock Purdy is going to lead a very talented San Francisco offense to a win against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have the best player in the world in Patrick Mahomes. That's not disputable at this point. Okay? Look at his playoff stats. Look at what he does every single postseason. It's 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 almost unheard of. I mean, Tom Brady is the only really comparable player. They have the best player in the world. They have a coaching staff that has been together through thick and thin that has been here many times before, including Steve Spagnola, who's been a defensive coordinator for them through their last two Super Bowl wins. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have an insane connection that is hard to explain. Their offensive line steps up. Remember when Creed Humphrey couldn't play and everybody was worried? Didn't matter, did it? Remember when the Baltimore Ravens seemed like they were so obviously the better team? Like they were three and a half to four to five point favorites is where that line closed on Sunday. Looking at every metric, just like the Sharps do, they're like, well, Obviously, the Ravens are the better team, so this is where the number should be. What did that look like when you watched it? Within one quarter, within a few minutes, you can tell the Chiefs are the better team. And why is that? Is it because of what's on paper, what the metrics have told you all season? We've seen Kansas City struggles on, on offense especially, right? Is that is that why we thought Kansas City was better? No. It's because in these moments, in these crucial, high-pressure, nerve-wracking, 
moments that not a lot of people in the world could, could handle, especially not in a leadership position. Guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Ladarius Sneed is, is, is showing some of those signs as an influential leader as well. Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola, the way this coaching staff and the players handle adversity and animosity and the, and the, the pressure in these moments is incomparable. Like very, very sharp. And the only, the only way for me that the Chiefs lose this game is if they lose that sense of, um, you know, solitude, uh, stoicism, poise in those big moments. And there are no signs to suggest that they are going to. Patrick Mahomes makes plays, reads defenses, and plays with a moxie and confidence. And fuck you, it's going to happen whether you want it to happen or not kind of mentality every single game, especially in the playoffs, and it makes everyone better. And now we're seeing from their offense, too, more continuity, right? Kadarius Tony hasn't been in. Sky Moore hasn't been used. All of a sudden, their wide receiving unit, the guys they're using, more consistency, more chemistry, they figured it out. I have no doubt that the Kansas City offense will be able to do whatever they want in the Super Bowl. We saw Green Bay run all over the 49ers. We saw the Lions run all over the 49ers. If this Kansas City run game gets going, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if they get going, good luck stopping Patrick Mahomes and now the play action. And there are a lot of signs that say they are going to get going because their offensive line, again, how important is a great offensive line. They've been impeccable. Patrick Mahomes sacked, I believe, one time against the Ravens. It, it, it was like five, six, seven playoff games prior to that that he had not been sacked at all. Like when you look at a team composed of people who know how to win, just like the dynasty that was the Patriots, that's what we're seeing from the Chiefs. And as much talent Right, as much uh, potential as the Niners have, when they're when they are when they have the momentum going on their end, right? Like when they're feeling good about themselves, it's a freight train. I mean, they are fantastic, and we saw it come alive again. Fortunate that they were able to capitalize on that, but we saw it come alive. Okay, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are not going to make those same mistakes. And if they do, it'll be once and they'll learn from it and they'll come back harder than ever. By the way, that Kansas City defense, pretty fucking good. Keeping Lamar Jackson in one of the most explosive home offenses in the NFL, maybe the most next to the Cowboys, to 10 points, one touchdown in the first quarter, that was it. And it was just a blown coverage where, you know, Lamar found him. But X's and O's, play by play, minute by minute, Chiefs better team they're at plus two right now the money line is plus money i say take the chiefs listen i am not an oracle mahomes could get injured and there are things that i don't see that 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 maybe none of us see that might happen in this game and maybe the 49ers win but in my opinion and i've been very good at calling these types of things over the years just like i called the chiefs last year against the eagles 
also as an underdog. From everything that I can see about this team and the way they operate, the 49ers are not there yet. Brock Purdy is not there yet. And Kyle Shanahan, who is a brilliant offensive mind, he is not a great motivator because we see how flat his teams come out sometimes. I'm sorry, but like the proof is in the pudding. Look at Dan Campbell's team and the way his team comes out. Still young, still needs to learn. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, a team of mostly veterans, and they come out flat a lot. Like that three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, they were just like, what happened? What happened to them against Baltimore? The, the, the team that whooped the 49ers at home and the team that the Chiefs humbled and, and made them look like they were the vastly inferior team last weekend. That's not why we're betting this. We're betting this because of everything I just said. But if you're going to give me plus money, like if this was Chiefs minus three, of course I'm thinking about the 49ers side, of course. But it's Chiefs plus two. Very quickly, I'll say about the total is these 49er games, because I don't trust their defense, they haven't given us a lot of reasons to trust. I think this game might start off a little slower this time because of the tension and nerves that is the Super Bowl, but I would only lean over. I mean, the, these 49ers games are producing overs because their defense has been a liability. It will be a liability again against the smartest offensive operation in the NFL. And then their offense will eventually find their footing. So lean over, but I love the Chiefs. Love you all. Thank you for listening. This is Laying the Points with Farley Betts. We'll be back next week. Follow me at Farley Betts and at sportswagers.ca and on the BetUS show. Love you all. Let's win some damn money. Bye.